0: Welcome Bobcats to another edition of a community of culture. Uh, this time we changed it up a little bit It's not the black perspective. It's the gay perspective and uh, we're gonna do four episodes just like we did for the black uh, Perspective and I think it's gonna be a lot of fun And uh, this week's episode. We're gonna talk about coming out uh, Homophobia. What does it really mean? Um, stereotypes of the gay community and whether if being gay is a choice or if it's by birth and so um, I'm kind of going to be the host here, Otis Evgaro, like on every other podcast we have here at the Star, which is okay, but I have three guests with me.
1: Um, I'm Philippa. I'm Brianna.
0: I'm Brandon Sams. And Philippa is actually a part of a group here.
1: Uh, yeah, I'm a part of the Bobcat Equality Alliance, a Texas state group focused on recognizing diversity, intersectionality, and supporting equality for all.
0: Brianna. Brianna is what? You're an illustrator here.
2: I'm an illustrator for the University Star, and I'm also uh, with Bobcat Equality Alliance. We're both
0: officers. Okay, all right, sweet deal. Great. And Brandon is one of our top columnists here. Oh, top. Uh, oh, top. oh, yeah, I got to give oh. you your props. He's a top columnist here at the University Star. He's wrote some great <laughs> stuff from the sex culture. We did the black history thing mm-hmm. now, and I'm pretty sure he'll probably have some interesting things to say um, about the gay community.
3: Yeah, definitely.
0: Yeah. So we're going to get this show on the road. I think the biggest thing in the gay community that we have to deal with first is coming out. Um, you know, everyone has their own way of doing it. There's a fear. Some people are proud. Some people are afraid. I just want to hear from you guys. What was your experience like? And and kind of what do you think other people should do? Does it depend on the person? Does it depend on the situation? Is it is it something that we should all just do? be accustomed to by now I mean what coming out is just a big thing in the gay community so Mm -hmm. what is you know you guys perspective on it
2: um I think coming out it's a lot of people think you just you just come out once coming out is something Mm -hmm. you do again and again and again you come out to different people at different times and you might never come out at all depends on the context Mm because coming out you can put your you can put your your life on the line even depending on where you are and depending on what you identify as your sexuality is, that can definitely change it up, too. I feel like it's a lot more dangerous to come out as, say, transgender mm-hmm. than it would be for me to come out as a, uh, a cisgender, which means I identify as my my birth gender, a cisgender lesbian. Mm-hmm. You know, it's a lot. it might be a lot safer for me to do that than it would be for a transgender person of color. So um. Um, I just kind of mentioned it to my parents over a while. Finally, one day, I just... Told my grandma, I'm like, hey, I think I might be into girls, too. She's like, I figured this would be coming. So, I, I, It's still kind of rocky, but they're doing a really good job about um, trying to figure it out and just get used to it. So you have to give other people time, too. It's yeah. it's a mutual back-and-forth kind of conversation.
3: Hmm. Um, I guess for me, I came out what, when I was a freshman in high school. Um, I just, like... I came out to my best friend first. I was like, "Oh, by the way, I just texted her," and it was like the longest, like five minutes. I was just, I remember being like really hot, and I was like, "Oh my God, what did I just do?" Like, and I was like pacing back and forth, forth in my room, just like, "Oh my gosh." Then she just replied back, like, "Okay, I I knew that," and I was like, "Oh, well, excuse me." Um, (laughs) And then it kind of went from there, you know, telling other friends at school, and it was just like, "Oh, we knew that," and you know, something like, "Oh." you were in the closet? And I was like, oh my gosh, oh. Yeah, I was. Um, So to the surprise of no one, I came out. Um, But for my family, what was it? Um, Because I had, it was National Honesty Day. I remember it so vividly. (laughs) May 1st was this like 2009, I guess. Um, And I had wrote, I came out on Facebook. Um, And then one of my brother's friends was lurking on my profile for some reason. So then my brother saw it. He told my mom, and I remember... I was upstairs eating a sandwich, watching the Golden Girls. This <laughs> <laughs> is like the gayest thing ever. But um so then my mom asked me outside and then she t- asked me and I was like, Oh yeah, that's yes, it's true and um it's been like my family has been very supportive. Nothing really changed with my brothers or my sister or my mom or dad or nothing like that.
1: Well, I um I had kind of hoped to Come out in like this graceful, beautiful swan-like way. Like everyone embraces me, and I'm suddenly this beautiful butterfly, and I'm what I'm what I meant to be all along. But, but <laughs> the, I have this thing where I get really scared anytime I'm talking to my mom about homosexuality.
3: I get that too. Oh, she same. literally
1: asked me three times whether or not I was into women and all three times because I was face-to-face I told her no and then promptly shut up well I finally decided it had been long enough it was my senior year and uh, I had just kind of gotten into Tumblr, so I knew that coming out letters were a thing. So I wrote (laughs) ten different letters. And then another ten letters. And then I wrote a final draft of one of them. And it, in retrospect, is one of the most apologetic letters I have ever written in my life. And it really shouldn't have been. I didn't need to apologize for who I was. Mm -hmm. But I taped it to my mother's steering wheel before I left for one-act play competition, knowing that... When I got home really late, I would either be triumphant and nothing she could say would upset me, or I would be really sad, and hopefully she would go easy on me. Uh, mostly she was just mad, even though we lost, and so I had a nice three-hour conversation with her until 1 a.m. So coming out was utterly terrifying for me.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: But she did kind of already know.
0: You know, the, the thing is that I think... The coming out letters, I've, I've heard that. That's a big thing that I know a lot of people do, too, as well. And we'll, we'll kind of mention that a little bit. But the, I think for you guys, the thing that I have a question about is that you each of you guys said that when you guys told whoever, it wasn't a surprise to them or they knew.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: How do you guys feel about that? How do you guys feel that, like, they already had in their mind that, oh, we knew you were gay. It's not a big deal. We were just waiting for you guys to tell us.
2: Mm-hmm. Um. I hear this. I hear this a lot. Uh, all I can think back is when like Ellen Page came out, and everybody says, "Oh duh, oh duh." But you have to be supportive of that person when they come out, and you have to be understanding. And you can't jump to conclusions about straight or gay. I came out as pansexual. You have to. You have to do your research. The other people have to do the research. You have to do your research. And for God's sakes, just be supportive you know and don't be don't be hateful towards them because that takes guts to come out and especially in our society like it's it's a hard thing to do so people say oh i already knew and mm-hmm. it's like what well, can you still be supportive cuz i already knew too and I, mean,
1: <laughs> and I mean like think about if you have a friend and you've you've all been friends for a really long time and your whole friend group is together And your friend has some news, she says. She says, I'm pregnant. No one's first response is, yeah, we already knew. You're kind of showing. No, no one no (laughs) one says that. They're all they all act surprised and happy and supportive. And they're there for her because it's big news Mm -hmm. and it's a life-changing thing. It is. It's a life-changing thing. And from there on out your life will be different. And I feel like when you have the courage to sit down with someone and tell them, I am homosexual, I am bisexual, I'm pansexual, they need to have a proper response to that. And, oh, I already knew, we could tell, is not that response.
3: (laughs) (laughs) I I guess I'm I'm just a bit more nonchalant about it all, because when they said that, I was like, oh, okay, well, good for you. Like It was just kind of like when I said it to my friends, they're just like, oh, okay. Anyways, but blah, blah, it's like, okay, like, they kind of played yeah. it off where it's just like, I was like, okay, because even when I was in the closet, I, like, uh, I, I'm too gay to even act straight, like, I've, like, people be like, are you burned, like, they would ask me, like, in middle school, and I'd just be like, uh, you know, girl, I think they're having pizza today, I'll be right back, like, I would just, <laughs> I wouldn't answer the question, <laughs> and I would never, you know, I, like I just couldn't play straight anyway so like when they said they knew I was just like oh, okay that's good um like my sibling my mom still claims that she didn't know but I was like not to you know play on stereotypes but I was like really mama like I'm looking at pictures and I'm like look at me right here I'm like <laughs> giving like a model pose just like hey with my two big brothers I'm like okay mom but everyone else you know my brothers my sister and uh like my dad's sister was actually a. Uh, male to female transsexual so it was kind of like you know it wasn't that big of a deal anyway um with my parents and stuff like that
0: so i have a feeling that Rihanna made a good point you should be supportive anyway Mm -hmm. and then you're saying that philippa is saying that it's something that you know when someone's saying they're pregnant at first it's not something that you're like oh we knew that you know it's just it's part of life Mm -hmm. so my Mm -hmm. thing is are people? Because you guys opened up my eyes, first of all. Let me let me say this, is that I really did not know that people saying, oh, we kind of knew anyway, kind of hurts a little bit. Because I think it's almost like, you know, I, I want, like, you want that moment for yourself. Mm-hmm. And that, you know, we want you to be supportive too as well. I just always thought that, uh, like, if one of my friends came up to me and said they were gay, I'd be like, oh, I kind of already knew that. But, okay, I'm glad you're finally out. So... How much of a big deal is that to you guys, and is that what's happening more in the gay community that that it kind of more or less upsets you more rather than Brandon's kind of like the nonchalant you know point of view?
2: Um, I understand when people say oh, I already knew, and I can understand where they're coming from because um, I've said it before too. It wasn't until I had it said to me, not even by my parents, um, but just by by friends and stuff, that you're like, oh well, yeah I knew too but I was just want to make sure like we are for sure confirmed so I, I can understand where they're coming from it's kind of you might think you're showing support by I don't know how to put this like you're showing support by saying oh it's okay I'm not surprised mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I guess um,
1: but but yeah I forgot what's going with this. on one hand <laughs> you, you kind of you kind of want the big. The big reveal, like coming out like a graceful swan, like oh, I'm a beautiful rainbow explosion, right? You want it to be, you want it to be this perfect moment because it's a big reveal. It's like a proposal. It's like you're you're saying something and it's gonna change the rest of your life. And I kind of on the other hand, on the other hand, (laughs) I kind of think that in the future, coming out should move towards just being kind of an everyday thing. Because there are a lot of gay, lesbian, bisexual, transgender, queer, Mm -hmm. to use a more blanket term, people out there. And uh, if they're going to come out, I feel like maybe it becoming less of a deal is actually Mm -hmm. the direction we want to move towards. Absolutely.
3: Mm -hmm. I I don't have anything. Oh, Brandon's just like, I agree. (laughs) agree. My friends,
1: for one... I was like, guys, I think I'm into chicks. And they were like, duh. <laughs> no. I said, you knew? You didn't?
2: <laughs> yeah. so, so it was more
0: like a revelation well, for you. Right? Than it is because like, you,
2: I yeah. mean, I can remember having, I didn't, I could never interpret my, my feelings towards people of the same sex. Yeah, I could. And so, yeah, I never really could because, and honestly, I felt like a creep. I thought, mm-hmm. why, why, would, why would you want to hold her hand? That's creepy, you now, know? I, but, yeah. But like, it wasn't until I started hanging out with, with fellow queers that I not only could interpret those feelings, I oh, oh, wow, but I also um, felt comfortable with it. And that's when I finally felt comfortable kind of just dropping hints. Like, I still haven't come out to a lot of people. If you all are listening to this on Facebook or something, then, hey, surprise! <laughs> I'm not straight, but... <laughs> Yeah, it's it's uh it's something you have to
1: you figure out for yourself. I had friends tell me first, I'm like, No I'm not. No I'm not. Well see, I was <laughs> always confused because uh my friends would be like, Oh, I have such a girl crush on Haley Williams I was like, Oh my god me That's too. awesome because I've had a girl crush on Haley Williams for like the longest time and I just, I didn't get it. <laughs>
0: yes, Otis, so I have a crush on Haley Williams. Okay.
1: Hey, she's, it's
0: wow. okay, we I'm accept more, you uh, for
1: who you are. I appreciate
0: that, thank you so much. <laughs>
1: as, as a heterosexual, we accept you for who yeah. you are.
2: <laughs> yes, no, that
0: must be hard for you, but we accept <laughs> We
1: accept, we accept your crush on
2: Haley.
3: Williams.
0: No, you guys, man, you guys are, oh, I mean, myself, I'm supposed to be like, okay, yeah, I'm expecting these responses, but I'm like, whoa, you know, (laughs) you guys are educating me a lot more on this whole, I think it's a process. I think coming out is a process. It seems like you guys had in your mind, like, oh, my gosh, you know, I have to figure out this way of just coming out. And where I kind of want to tie into this is the homophobia aspect of it. (laughs) And here's why, because I know, Coming out to your friends, I think, I think we can all agree, I think it might be a little easier than telling Mm -hmm. your family, whether Mm -hmm. you grew up in a household that went to church every Sunday, or you go to temple, Uh or synagogue, or mosque, or whatever, you know, the way people believe, you know, people have belief systems, Mm -hmm. so your family might believe in that system, and you're kind of just like, am I going to contradict what my family is believing in?
3: Yeah. Will Uh, they Yeah, will they (laughs)
0: disown me? Will they hurt, you know, will they hurt me? How is this going to happen? So, you know. I kind of want to know your feelings when you guys told your family that. And I kind of want to—I you guys to go into kind of the homophobia because I, I believe that there's a lot of families out there that, you know, if they heard that their niece or nephew was gay, you're not coming to my house for Christmas or Absolutely. you're not coming to the house, you know, or whatever. And I think there's some homophobic thoughts there because they're afraid of something that they don't know.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I actually, I, I came out to my brother first um, and I just said, hey, Ethan, I, I, I uh, I'm kind of into women too, and he's like, okay, went back to playing his video games. Like it was no big deal for him. It's a bigger deal for my my grandmother. She had, I told her like, just look up pansexuality, and um, but, and she she told my grandfather um, without me knowing. But I mean, hey, he's gonna find out. I'm raised by my grandparents, so those are my parents. But the rest of the family doesn't know, and for reasons because. The rest of my family—they are—they are Southern Baptists. Some of them are Southern Methodists, and that's—that's that's a little—that uh, can be a little bit shocking for them. Um, and I—we just don't know how they react. And my my parents are under the perception that it might just be best for them to not know until. I come home with a fiancé or something.
0: <laughs> That's something that I kind of totally spaced on is you said something that was very interesting is that someone told somebody else without you knowing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, that happens a lot. Philippa has this look on her face like she wants to kill somebody. is <laughs> not like, ugh. And Brianna, you already kind of mentioned how you felt about it. Kind of touch on that a little bit. I know for a lot of people, like friends that I have, that when they go and tell somebody else without letting them express their own feelings, it's it's a big deal.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I I totally understand why she did it. You know, I'm not really mad at her. I I wish I could have told him myself because um, I'm, I'm I'm close to my parents. You know, they're my parents, and um, but I do understand her reasoning. She she said it just so she could put it in terms he might better understand. Um, you know, maybe she felt I, I wouldn't explain it very well, but I couldn't even tell that he, he knew. Both of them have acted like nothing's different. I just know now I can't talk openly about... I feel like I can't talk as openly about relationships with them until they really get used to the fact. Because um, it was a lot different when I was when I was playing straight, you know. But it's it's something you just you both have to get used to. My friends were, were pretty okay with it. Like I said, some of them were like, oh, done." Most of them were like that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but...
3: Um, for like I already touched on it, you know, my mom found out instead of, and I often like think back on that time like I don't even know if I could have re- like it was just I don't know if I could like sit down like mom dad like with the whole family and just have told them even still today I'm like ah oh, that would have been so uh, I could just just thinking about it, I'm like oh. but um so yeah my mom well my brother found out to my mom um. And then it just diffused through the immediate family. Then my mom told my dad, and then we went on a little car ride. And I was like, oh, where are we going? <laughs> we were like going to get some ice cream or something. It's like, you know, they were in the front, it was like my dad turned around, he, you know, I was like, oh gosh, here we go, I'm trapped in this truck. Uh-huh. And I was like, <laughs> I was like, yeah, that's true. And you know, they didn't make no big deal about it. They were both just like, okay, we still, just want to make sure that you know we still love you, obviously, and blah, blah, blah. So no big deal there. Um, my older brother said he already knew <laughs> my other older brother he he didn't mention anything. It was just like whatever my sister, you know whatever she's like, "Oh, I still love you, obviously blah blah um but my like my dad's side of the family, I don't know how it got maybe through Facebook, you know everyone's looking on my profile for some reason, <laughs> um so it like diffused through there, and you know there's like a a big controversy with that side of the family, I guess, but you know i <sighs> I don't really even know them like that, so I was like, who cares? Like, my mom told me that they said some stuff, and I was like, uh, whatever. Um, but my mom's side of the family, my <clears throat> cousin at the time was already openly gay. Now she's a another male-to-female transsexual in my family. <laughs> um, so, you know, for my grandma, for my mom's sisters, and my cousins on that side, you know, it was perfectly fine. they, you know, didn't, again, oh, we knew, you know, nonchalant about it all. So, you know, I've had a pretty oh good coming out experience compared to you know when you look at statistics one in five people who come out are disowned by their families and you it's know scared. live on the streets and like over 50 percent of youth homeless youth are lgbt so was, you know i had a pretty fortunate uh view so
0: for you it's more of like a it's a family thing mm-hmm. kind and of they know even though yeah thing. like my
3: mom is an ordained minister so you know it's funny how and my family, you know, black, Baptist, you know, yeah, <laughs> they're religious. Yeah, yeah. But, you know, they're, they've they been pretty good with it.
2: We've had friends kicked out of their houses and stuff, scary stuff. Yeah. And it makes you
1: really sad. It makes you thankful, but you just got to support them. I mean, I was almost kind of concerned that that would happen to me. My family... Is the go to church every Sunday and every holy day of obligation. Oh, um, okay. <laughs> uh huh. Yeah, and don't eat fish on Fridays during Lent, or don't eat meat on Fridays, Fridays during Lent. Right. right. Yeah. So uh, that's that's their thing. So I, of course, was really kind of afraid of that. Uh, I've come to realize my mom is not so much homophobic, but she does believe that it is a sin. I think my dad's a little bit more homophobic, um, which um, sometimes men can be, but mm-hmm. I, I have heard my dad refer to a gay person or gay people as godless heathens, which <laughs> wasn't wasn't my favorite thing to hear. But uh, coming out to my dad was probably even more awkward Than the overly apologetic letter on my mother's steering wheel, because I had just gotten home from rugby practice. I was about to take some people home, and he calls me, and he starts like this kind of mini conversation that I can tell he's not really that into. (laughs) And then he says, "Do you um, do you uh, have any questions?" (laughs) And I'm thinking, "Why is this light blue?" What? (laughs) Okay. No, I, I don't really, like, I don't know what you're talking about. And he says, well, have you been questioning anything? I'm just incredibly awkward, so I say, uh, what do you mean? And he says, like, your sexuality or something. Okay. Okay. And I say, actually, uh, yes, I have been having some questions about that. And I just trailed off. It very awkward, and the whole time, it, it turns into this hour-long conversation on the phone. The whole time, there's these people waiting outside my car oh, no. for a ride home, and then he goes into a rant about the gay agenda, and I kind of just shut down after that.
0: There is something that you said that, I, that I, we need to we can talk about homophobia because mm-hmm. the godless heathens thing <laughs> you said two it. things he mm-hmm. said that about how gay people are that and also that you know they have the gay agenda mm. and you know and and all this other stuff but you also said that men especially could mm-hmm. have kind of this homophobic view on the gay community mm-hmm. now i'm going to play devil's advocate here mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Oh, please <laughs> sometimes do you think that it's not, it's not homophobia, it's the way they grew up? Meaning, they were taught that being gay isn't something that's right. It's not so much that they hate gay people or they're afraid of gay people, it's just that they grew up that way, that that's the way they're supposed to be. Or do you think that's not even an excuse, you should be more accepting, and that's still a homophobic view?
1: Well. Uh, <laughs> hold up, can I can I go for yeah, it button with this one. Uh now you're right, a lot of men are raised in a way that is very um it's there's not a lot of pro-gay sentiment in the raising of a lot of men, especially in the South.
3: But women as well. Uh, women yeah, as women well. Too. Yeah.
1: But there's one quote and I find it particularly relevant. It relates to Uh, a lot of different subjects but it is that homophobia is the fear in a straight man that a gay man will treat him like he treats women and that that is, that's a really big feminist, like patriarchy type that's that's a very loaded statement to make Mm -hmm. but I do believe that most homophobia isn't so much a lot of it isn't even just like that's a sin, that's wrong, it's like, I don't, like, I don't want you to come on to me. Exactly. And yeah. there's a lot of fear, especially in men, mm-hmm. about, you know, uh, that the idea that another, that a gay guy in the locker room would hit on him. Yeah. Whereas women don't have so much that fear because you don't hear about guys experimentally making out with each other at sleepovers that's a surprised. pretty female thing. Females feel more open mm-hmm. uh, to express their sexuality and to explore it. Men, uh, if they're even bisexual, they're just assumed to be gay. There is no yeah. questioning. You are either straight or you are gay, and that's mm-hmm. the way a lot of guys feel.
3: Yeah,
0: and yeah. growing up, it, being a guy, it's, it's it, the reason why I think it's like that, uh, it's an emotional thing. You mm-hmm. know, growing up, guys, you're not... I mean, emotion is something that you don't show growing up. Mm-hmm. Uh, you get hit; it hurts. It hurts really bad. You're not crying. Uh, you don't run back to mama. You stand back up and you be the man that you're supposed to be. Um, I agree with you. Actually, I, I do think that in the men's aspect, of in mm-hmm. the varsity locker room. I've been, you know, with my guys and 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 whatnot. It it's more open, I believe, with the female audience and the male audience. I mm-hmm. think mm-hmm. for males, it's more of a joking matter, and then it's not taken seriously. But for women, it's more like, oh, no, this is this is real life. For guys, it's kind of like, hey, like, nah, you're just joking. like You're messing around. You're fooling around. So I, I, do, I do agree with you on the whole men. I think men have more of the homophobic, I don't want to say gene in them, but mm-hmm. it is in them for them to be more like that.
2: Um, homophobia, I like to view it mm-hmm. as a social construct. Yes. Um, I love Elaborate, to that word. elaborate
0: on social constructs for, for those It challenges right
2: the, the taught ideals of masculinity because um, mm-hmm. I don't think a lot of men are, are naturally hyper-aggressive or hyper-masculine It's something that's yeah. definitely taught mm-hmm. Not only does um, male homosexuality challenge masculinity in that some of them are more effeminate or that they're not with a woman but also lesbianism and any kind of queerness in general challenges masculinity because it's almost the way that um, men view it as, oh, that woman doesn't need me, you know, yes. and it, she's more interested in that woman. It challenges masculinity. It challenges traditional gender roles, and that can make a lot of people uncomfortable. But that's not because necessarily it's naturally ingrained in them. I think that's because it's something that's been taught over mm-hmm. centuries. So it's it's definitely a social construct, which is hopeful, because that means it's something that can hopefully be fixed maybe centuries down the road, but hopefully something that can be untaught. Mm-hmm.
3: Good point. I'm like <laughs> y'all said everything that I wanted to say. There's nothing really else to add. Nothing really else. I don't even know if that's proper Got that sentence structure. Gender studies swag. Yeah, yeah.
1: And I I tend to find that the more open to exploring one's sexuality a person is, mm-hmm. um, the more open they are to accepting other people's. Mm-hmm. And honestly, these the. Rigid enforcement of gender norms is what's I believe is detrimental to men and women absolutely yeah. because you've got women who feel like they have to be submissive. Mm-hmm. Um, they have to. Do this and do that. Right, they have to stay at home. They they have to raise kids. Mm -hmm. They have a certain set of things that they have to do, and men have a certain set of things that they that they have to do. If they aren't the main breadwinner in their family, they feel like a failure. Yeah, they are
3: high aggressive. Yeah,
1: it's they can't show emotion, and that's that can be really
2: stressful. To that that is that's why men have a higher like
3: men are more prone to suicide because like I'm gonna say y'all even them. You know what I'm saying? Y'all. It's <laughs> all Yeah, because I do express my emotions. I'm a very emotional person. But because um, they, you know, you're not taught to, you know, tell people your emotions. Like when a group of guys, they're not talking about like, man, how you feeling today? You know, they're just like, you know, playing whatever, doing whatever. So you don't really know, unless they're like really best friends, what's going on in someone's life. And men don't feel like they can communicate their emotions or their struggles. So you see that men are more than two times more likely to kill themselves than women because women – Generally, have some kind of support group, some kind of sisterhood, some Absolutely. kind of, you know, they're, they're taught to, you know, it's okay to express your emotions, to express your feelings, because that's what, quote unquote, women do. Mm-hmm. So, you know, and so it's it's a But,
1: of course, women do get a lot of flack for expressing emotions. Yeah, they it's do. It's like, oh, what a, uh, <laughs> the word hysterical yes. literally comes from the word for uterus. It's so hysterical. Literally comes from the (laughs) word for uterus, which means, like, the whole hysteria, like being, you know, crazy, acting crazy, is a woman thing. Mm -hmm. And Mm -hmm. you know what? Sometimes... Men have lots of emotions, too, and they have to let them out just as much as a girl does. But then
3: if you do, then you're like, oh, bro, you're acting like a girl. You're acting, you know, like a bitch or something like that. It goes back to, you know, these misogynist kind of sentiments where it's like anything that's not on the, you know, male linear kind of uh, theory of things is kind of viewed negatively, which anything negative to a man is synonymous with, you know, womanhood or Mm -hmm. being a girl, you know, calling a man the P word. You know, all these things yeah. going back to, you know. Just you, funny, because oh, those
2: know. can take a beating. Yeah. Um. <laughs> you guys, those things bear children. <laughs> you uh, guys hey. are,
0: man, you guys are going to be great segues here, because we're, we're already on the stereotypes thing. We're, <laughs> we're kind of talking about it. I mean, you know, there, there are stereotypes in, 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 you know, in the straight world. There's also stereotypes in, in the gay world. Absolutely. I feel, like. I feel like, you know, maybe a woman's supposed to act a certain kind of way and a guy's supposed to act a certain kind of way and mm-hmm. a woman's mm-hmm. supposed to have a certain type of haircut and she's supposed to have like have some kind of <laughs> you know boot. you know exactly Don't and ma- males are supposed to all of a sudden wear skirts and stuff like that and I and I think that the stereotypes thing I think is a bigger deal in the gay community I feel like than a lot of people lead on to Sorry, mm-hmm.
3: okay. uh,
1: there is a quote from a queer poet uh, Andrea Gibson yes and I am going to censor it a little bit but it is I guarantee you that someone's haircut will not tell you anything about who they are, who they love, or how they love. Mm-hmm. And that is the most true thing ever. Because there are mm-hmm. twinky gay men <laughs> who are not submissive in their relationships. Mm-hmm. And there are bears, as they are sometimes called, who are not always dominant. And sometimes the more butch lesbians aren't dominant either. And sometimes the fems aren't submissives. And so many in between, too. And yes. what it's doing is that's just applying preconceived gender norms yeah, exactly. to a kind of subculture, almost, that uh, doesn't this, to those. this straight community kind of hierarchy setup thing, that it, it doesn't work that way. It's not It should like, never work that way in any relationship. Right. A, a masculine person isn't... Always going to be dominant mm-hmm. because that's what masculinity is associated with, and that's not always true. And I think that a lot of people don't realize that, and they're trying to put their gender norms into terms that they can understand mm-hmm. in a category that they can't understand. Mm-hmm. A common question. Um, one <laughs> actually, what my even my, own, even my own my own grandmother did so.
2: Are you the man or the woman in the relationship? Like, well, we're both Tell that story, though. Tell the story. Do you want me to add the laundry and everything to that? Yes. Yes. Okay. So, sometimes I wear boxer briefs. They're really comfy. They're comfy.
3: They are. And a lot of
0: straight girls wear boxers. They're men's clothes. Their men's clothes
2: are great.
1: Honestly, or, well, I'm putting air quotes. Men's clothes are great. Uh, You guys have pockets.
2: Do you understand how we great? We can fit our are? cell phones in them.
1: <laughs> yeah. Oh, I, they don't look
2: good on me, so I wow. I wear still wear my 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 skinny jeans because I like my I like my legs. Trust me, straight
0: guys wear skinny jeans too. Hey, <laughs> yeah, you know. But um, I'm not, I don't so subscribe. <laughs> but no. got, hey, they're
2: they, if you, if you got the legs or if you, you hey yeah if you, you want to rock them, you rock them. Yeah. Skinny jeans for everybody. But um, she pulled out a pair of boxer briefs. Uh, the laundry. This is when I went home. She's like. I know these aren't your brothers, because your brother didn't have gnomes or robots on his boxer briefs, <laughs> and I'm like, they're cute. <laughs> and so, no, those are mine. She looks at me dead in the eye. She said, does this mean you're the man in the relationship? Said, so, no, I think we're both women in the relationship. Um, that's not how it works, but I totally understand why she said that, yeah. and I totally understand why a lot of people said say that, because they're supposed to be a man and a woman. Like, what What yeah, are you doing? Yeah. What are you doing? What's going on? So. Yeah, like she was saying, I, I think a healthy relationship, honestly, and no matter what your sexuality, is where both people kind of play off each other in an equal manner. Mm-hmm. So, but that's just me being all
1: progressive.
2: Not <laughs> <Well>, progressive, <laughs> and there's is great. there's <laughs> another queer
1: person, that, uh, she's actually, she's a comedian. Her name is Mae Martin. Yep. And she was saying, I get a lot of questions from people. She's a lesbian. And they ask me, which one of you is the man in the relationship? And I say to them, I don't think you understand the type of arrangement that we have with one, because we are both genuinely women. (laughs) And it's like walking up to a vegetarian and saying, I like this salad. It looks nice. But which part of your salad represents the pork chop? (laughs) Yeah. That makes sense. And none of the salad is the pork chop. It's all just salad. Mm-hmm. There doesn't have to be a pork chop. Mm-hmm. There doesn't have to be, you know, meat in every yeah. single food. And, you know, that's kind of the way relationships are. Not a, they, they, It's not always a man and a woman. Sometimes it's two men or two women or two different. women <laughs> and a genderqueer person or three men or really... And sometimes
2: one partner's transgender. Sometimes, yeah. and this where it gets back to that whole cisgender and transgender, you Mm -hmm. know, you have to recognize that there is so much complexity in sexuality and that carries over into relationships. Sexuality and gender identity. Absolutely, it's Mm -hmm. it's one big, it's like one big soupy, Mm -hmm. soup of rainbow. <laughs>
0: all right. Soupy Rainbow. Oh, uh, the Soupy Rainbow.
1: Spectrum also applies. Spectrum, that's what yeah, I was there it, for. it is. There though. it is. Rainbow
0: soupy Spectrum. Rainbow or uh-huh. Soupy <laughs> Rainbow <laughs> Spectrum.
1: There you go. There's to dig about soup.
0: that and put that on their uh, menu. <laughs> yeah. I don't know what it'd be in it. But delicious. <laughs> <laughs> it. It's all, I'm amazing. gonna get a bumper
1: sticker saying, I'm part of the soup.
0: Part of the soup. Oh, we You're gonna start serving that
1: at gay bars in Austin?
0: The Soupy Rainbow. Hey, I'm just saying. But, you know, Biggest thing that you know, we've kind of gone over the coming out, the homophobia, the stereotypes, but I think we've saved the best for last, mm-hmm. because I subscribe to those who think that being gay is a choice. I'll but as I'm I, okay, <laughs> as I'm always constantly reminded by gay people as well as straight people, for a lot of people, it's by birth. It's I'm not even gonna try to segue into this. one um, of y'all take this?
1: <laughs> uh, I just have one question for you to start you off. <laughs> could could you choose to be gay?
3: Could you find a man attractive? Could you just out of the blue? Could you
1: choose to be gay? Find a really hot guy romantically attractive. Romantically, and sexually. Right. You and you're romantically attracted to him, and you just want to spend the rest of your life with him. Just just be like, I'm gay, and I want I want you.
3: I'm right
0: here. I don't think... See, I think this is where the argument gets lost a little bit. I think when people hear that some people say it's not a choice, they think it's because you're saying, oh, instantly you're picking it. I don't think being gay is something that... I clearly think it's a process. Because if you have to come out and say it or whatever, it's a process as well. I don't think it's just something that you're just like, hey, I'm just going to take my bag up, pick up, and say, you know what, (laughs) this guy right here, let's go. I think it's a process. But at the same time, I understand your point because it's true. you don't just you're not just like, hey, I like this guy and not that girl, so hey, let's date. It doesn't work like that. Mm-hmm. And even with straight people to be fair, with straight people, it didn't work like that either. I don't instantly look at a girl and say, "Hey, you're really hot. Let's go." Because some guys have standards, mm-hmm. some girls have standards. Some got some girls, some guys that are straight will look at somebody and say, "You know what? They might be attractive, but they're an airhead." But what do or you mean? They, and the world isn't twilight. Yeah, yeah the, <laughs> only, <but laughs> the world isn't twilight. You can't just look at someone and be you just, like, "Oh, I'm meant to the rest
1: of my, my infinity." Right, right,
0: right, right. So I, I think every, I think everything's a process.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: I just um, I just think it's a choice. Now,
3: now, but like, what do you mean? How
0: early
1: early can the process start? Because I mean, as a a kid, I had some like pretty intense feelings about Kim Possible,
2: Velma from (laughs) Scooby Doo. Velma agreed on that, and Daphne.
1: Yeah, yeah. Uh, Kida, Kida from Atlantis Lost Empire. Oh my gosh!
3: And so I mean, the
1: question is: as a five or six-year-old, was I at any point? I mean, had I already kind of? Ma- had I already turned gay by the right. time I was five, or was I just born in a way that was, was my brain? was, yeah. was my brain I wired in a way where I looked it becomes I look at
3: misconstrued because a lot of people think when you say you're born gay, like you come out of the womb, like oh Hello. I like men, like <laughs> i know, just like oh I love men. All of a sudden, like it's not like, hey, sure. like literally like you're born <laughs> like you come out of your mom's vagina and you're like oh I love this this male doctor he's so hot. Like it's not <laughs> literally like you're born gay quote unquote. It's just you. You know, there's kind of, uh, it's just kind of uh, like genetics even, a biological, environmental biological factor with hormones that may happen in utero and all these things that kind of... Oh, go, girl. No, you go. Oh, I'm no, just, I'm, I'm just like kind of finished. Oh,
2: he's <laughs> kind of finished. All right. Well, um, I think there is there's a, a danger at the same time when trying to prescribe it as a genetic or biological thing. There's so much...
3: Mm-hmm.
2: Um, ideologies and so much study still being done. There's so much we don't know about queerness. You know, it, we just know people are more open with it and it's kinda starting mm-hmm. to happen and maybe it's more common than we think it is.
3: Yeah.
2: But um, I think there's a danger prescribing a biological reason to it because there's dangers it can be viewed as a disability. disability it can be viewed yeah. it, was, but it was mental yeah. illness. It was classified as a mental illness. Yeah, and there's still a danger it can For be a mental like illness years. or yeah. people can be violently discriminated against because it's, they're viewed as something genetically lesser. I just think about the eugenics against people of different ethnicities and disabilities and, yeah. and largely well, you know, not
3: a problem anymore. You know, the whole eugenics movement, thankfully. Um, but yeah. I think that, you know, but when people say it's a history, choice or yeah. are you born with this, like Okay. Even if I did choose this, this doesn't give you a right to like discriminate against me or anything. Even if I woke up one day and they say, okay, I'm gonna like man today, doesn't be like, okay, since you like man, you don't get to do this. You can't get married. You can't, you know, adopt children. You can get fired legally just because you know I don't like who you like. Like it kind of muddies the water. Yeah. And like, why would I choose this life of being?
0: That's the other (laughs) thing as well. Is that I've always heard, you know, why would anyone choose that? Um, I don't know if you got. I'm pretty. You guys are well aware. You know Matthew Shepard. Yes. Mm-hmm. Uh, Matthew Shepard was uh, in Laramie, Wyoming. Mm-hmm. Uh, two guys pretended to be gay, took him out, and they thought they were going somewhere. But they ended up uh, going onto the woods, and they beat him senselessly. They mm-hmm. beat him so bad that he was in a coma. Yeah. And uh, it wasn't until about 18 hours later, a biker that was going through, he thought he beat him so bad, he thought it, it was a scarecrow. scarecrow. Yeah. Oh my God. It was a scarecrow. And, um, you know, it goes up, and he realizes it's a human being. I mean, he died, I think Matthew Matthew died about six, seven days later in Colorado because they were trying all sorts of things to get him back to life, and this happened in, in 1998. And um, mm-hmm. Jason Collins, who is the f- uh, first openly gay athlete to play in a North American sport, wears number 98 on his jersey to represent that year. Yeah. And it's a big deal, uh, you know, his jersey. And we'll talk about this, you know, on other episodes with with uh, gays and, and, and the uh, media and sports and representation mm-hmm. and such things like that. But um, it was really interesting his jersey was the most selling jersey in one day. And he didn't wear it because the the team he played for didn't have the jersey ready, so he had to wear another number. <laughs> so the number 98 with Collins on it had the most, you know, sold the most. It was really cool. And it, was, it was really fantastic. But the Matthew Shepard uh, thing you know, Obama in '09 signed the Matthew Shepard uh, Hate Crime uh, Hate Hate and Prevention crime, uh, uh, Act. Uh, so it was named after him and another person, but most people know it as the Matthew Shepard um, Act. Mm-hmm. And my thing is that you know, it makes me think too, is that you know, when things happen like that, and I don't know why. That story gets to me the most. I don't know if it's It's because he was beaten in a coma because this stuff happens to people, you know. But I don't know if it's a coma, the scarecrow, the bike ride or the – I don't know what it is. But I always think about this. And I I do as a person who thinks that, yeah, it is a choice that I sometimes like – no one chooses to be beat down like that into a coma and then be in the hospital for six, seven days and then eventually die. You know, and, and it and it sucks because I think there's a balance too. And and I think a lot of it too is that I think a lot of people that you meet that think it's a choice, you also gotta realize their background as well. Absolutely. Um, I think mine thing is so much because I grew up in the household that I grew up in, it's almost like, you know, it wasn't so much that my parents were like, You can't be gay and this and stuff. It's just the way we're raised was that it's not something that happens. It's just not it's not common. Mm-hmm. Um, it's not normal you know it's it's taught to you as like it's you, that's not everyday life you're supposed to meet women date them get married have a ki- have that's kids crazy. uh live your life on and give your parents grandkids and stuff like that so it's almost like you know it's a fine line sometimes for me because I'm like why would anyone choose that but the way I grew up and the way I still view little things is yeah. almost like it's, it's a choice you know yeah
2: um my parents still refer to her as a choice and. All I can think is I don't know, but um, you know, there's it's so complex. And like you're saying, regardless of whether or not it's a choice or a a something that's just kind of naturally a tendency of yours mm-hmm. or genetic, however, you, however you wish to interpret it. Like you're right, nobody deserves to be treated not just disrespectfully but violently, right. hatefully like that. Um, and yeah, and it, that could tie back into the whole social construct. We're mm-hmm. taught that. This, this, and this. And for some people, it very may well look like they just suddenly came out as this, when in fact, it might have been something they were hiding yeah. for so well, for so long. And they just boom, and like, oh, it must be a choice. I'm like, mm-hmm. nah. so I can understand, I can absolutely understand where you're coming from. It's very complex. Um, but like you're saying, it should just get down to, regardless of what you think about it um, to a certain extent and how you interpret it to come about. Mm -hmm. coming out um, then it's nobody should be treated disrespectfully hatefully because we can
1: we can we do lead normal lives we're not some kind of freak show as Wanda Sykes says (laughs) uh, I don't know why they call it gay marriage Um, I just call it marriage because whenever I park my car in the morning I don't gay park <laughs> and whenever I walk up a
3: hill, I'm not gay walking. Yeah. I'm really just walking. Uh, You're working. I love these quotes. like like a special
0: edition encyclopedia. Yeah, special you special encyclopedia dance. like yes. for quotes. Like I love it. I mean, this is great stuff. I mean, she's um, quoting Shakespeare earlier. Yeah, she was. She was. It was. It, it was, was actually. I was really impressed. <laughs> I was like, yeah. whoa. Uh, but no, I think that's one of the biggest questions, you know. And I love you know, I love stuff like this because I think this is where it happens. Mm-hmm. This right here when we're together in a roundtable discussion discussing mm-hmm. what's, what's going on <laughs> for right. the purposes of the people that can't see where we're at. It's a round table. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> you know. But no, it it's tr- but like stuff like this is what I love because I think people get a better understanding. And my thing is, if you don't ask, you'll never know. Mm-hmm. You know, Absolutely. and I think these questions are pertinent to what's going on in everyday life and social. And I think it's a great time to have a discussion like this because I think, you know, gay athletes coming out, gay actors, um, gay musicians, just I feel like the gay community now is starting to, I don't want to say it's gaining its traction just quite yet, but I think a lot of these issues now are starting to be in the forefront and people are starting to realize like, hey, this is this is a real thing this they is not exist. some. Yeah. this isn't just <laughs> hey we have some pride some some uh pride parade somewhere like in minnesota or something it's like no this is everywhere yeah. now you know mm-hmm. and and it's great to have that discussion and and um I'm really happy that you guys are willing to do this, and I'm great that we can discuss the coming out, the phobia, the stereotypes, and whether it's being a choice or if it's a birth. and In the next episode, we're going to talk about the civil rights of it, media representation with sports, celebs, movies, TVs, uh, people of color. In the community, mm. no kidding. You That's know that. Deal itself. You know that in its own self could probably take up the whole okay. whole time. We'll try and, not to. And <laughs> privilege, you know, privilege mm-hmm. within and without the gay, you know, the gay community. But uh, yeah. But before we wrap it up a little bit, you guys got any final thoughts? You guys want to throw out there?
2: Um, from what we were talking about earlier, empathy
0: mm-hmm.
2: on both ends. Because I may not, I don't always, I don't necessarily agree with what you think, but mm-hmm. I empathize with it. Yeah. And I think, like you're saying, if we have a if people from both ends of the spectrum have a discussion, just like with, with any issue throughout history. Once people start to have a discussion and some kind of empathizing, the ideologies begin to change radically. Right. People say, oh, what if that was me? Oh, that's somebody that I love. Oh, that's, that's a fellow human being, so I can think what I want, but
3: mm-hmm.
2: you know, that didn't mean they're not a human being.
3: Yeah. Um, I just wanted to add, we we keep talking about, you know, the gay community, quote unquote, and I just want to, you know, talk GSM community, gender, sexual, minority community, because, you know, we're going to talk about it later in different episodes, but, you know, it's always, you know, gay community, you know, putting, you know, men first, um, and it's more to it than just sexuality uh, and gay men, though I guess women are considered That's gay nice. too, but you know, just <laughs> that Actually, and yeah, sexuality is you know, it's a spectrum, it's fluid you know, very few people are indefinitely one thing so you know, keep that in mind when you're like discussing these things
1: mm-hmm. and I guess the last thing I'd like to say is just remember, if someone has the courage to come out to you As any gender sexual minority Mm -hmm. that needs to be respected and you need to try and think about what the appropriate reaction is for that for them and for you and just kind of keep that in mind Mm -hmm. and try to be as respectful as you can
0: Uh, for me uh, this first episode started off it's possible it's possible for gay people lesbians transgenders, pansexual, bisexual, bi-curious, whatever you are, and straight people, queer, queer, to sit down and have a discussion. It's possible. You do know why, because we just did it. Do and you mean, wanna start
2: singing kumbaya? Uh, uh, just hold, hold hands, on hands on. people. <laughs> hold hands. I don't know about all that. Uh,
0: <laughs> <laughs> no, but it, it's very possible. Um, mm-hmm. You know, and I think to, for me to start this thing off, I just think it's more of having an open mind. Mm-hmm. You know, don't just come into a situation just narrow, like narrow vision, tunnel vision, just close minds, like, my way to the highway, no, mm-hmm. because it is empathy. You know, it is people that you do love. What if it is someone that you love so so dearly? You know, mm-hmm. so, um, that's really cool. I, I love this discussion. I can't wait till next week when we pick back it up, pick it back up, <laughs> pick, back it pick, up. Pick, yeah. pick back it up, pick you know, pick back, it, Sorry. Up. back Uh-oh. it up. <laughs> <laughs> now we're gonna start singing songs here. Okay. Well, not
2: dancing "Kumbaya."
0: <laughs> but for Philippa, Brianna Baker, Brandon Sams, I'm your host Otis Vergar, and we will see you guys later. Thank Bye. you. <laughs>